Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Celebrate this July 4th with a special presentation of A Capital Fourth. Join your host, Vanessa Williams, with performances from Sea to Shining Sea, starring Jimmy Buffett, Gladys Knight, Alan Jackson, Cynthia Erivo, Pentatonix, Renee Fleming, Train, Jennifer Nettles, Mickey Guyton, Jimmy Allen, Ali'i Cravalho, Laura Osnes, Ali Stroker, and the greatest live fireworks display in the USA. It's A Capital Fourth, sponsored by the Boeing Company and American Airlines, Sunday, July 4th, 8, 7 Central only on PBS. Hello, my name is Dave Hanrady and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 17 of the No Encore podcast. It's a music podcast about music. We talk about music. Let's do some music things. Right now, I'm holding a music magazine in my hands. I have the brand new issue of Hot Press magazine right in front of me. And uh, it's got the worst cover I think I've ever seen. Craig, have a look at this. It's me throwing the magazine across the table to Craig Fitzpatrick, who's in the studio. What's up, Antonio Banderas? Um... I don't know, it looks pretty good to me um, as an impartial five-year employee of Opera's <laughs> Magazine. <laughs> Although I don't know this art designer that well, so yeah, pretty shocking. Um, Cullum. <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers on the cover, it does not look good. Cullum, sure as, a, as a current employee of Opera's Magazine, what do you think? I'm going to play the fifth, uh, but there's some really good interviews inside, I'm done sure by me. Who did you interview this time? Uh, Olympic special, actually. So I talked to boxers, pe- modern pentathletes. Weirdest sport, Mainly Russians, weirdest sport spoke in the weirdly. world. <laughs> Modern pentathlon. Yeah. So it involves, it, it's basically what would have made the best 19th century soldier. So it's running, swimming, fencing, shooting. And, and betraying then, people, is it? No, it? and then riding a horse that's not your own. You just get assigned a random horse. And yeah, show jumping around. Sounds like a rodeo for the horse. It's quite a sport, yeah. And a gymnast. It's and like when you go go-kart and you do the practice lap and, and you do really well and then you're given a different cart for the actual thing and you come last because you get stuck at the last lap. Okay, well also stuck in the studio this week <laughs> with us is our special guest, George Morahan, everybody. Woo! What a do, Han that feeds. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, everyone's, everyone's jumping in with a nickname. Uh, George is a journalist. He wrote for Hot Press Briefly. <laughs> George he, is a journalist. George is a journalist. <laughs> he wrote for Hot Press Briefly. He wrote for State Ma- writes for State Magazine every now and then. Entertainment Daily. There's a whole bunch of head stuff on occasion. There's a whole bunch of things. On occasion, yeah. he's, a, he, he's a good dude, and he joins us in the studio today, primarily because uh, later on in the show, for our review section, we'll be looking at Longitude, the festival that has uh, ceased completion for the year. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why it's so formal, <laughs> but uh, we'll get to that later in the show. George was there for the whole weekend. I wasn't there at all, uh, keeping my festival um, boycott going. You're doing well. You, you, you were tempted. Well. You were matter, I, No, here's the thing. Um, uh, I was offered tickets today to Knock and Stockin'. I said no. Uh, I was offered tickets to Casapalooza. I said no. And I was offered a freebie to the last day of Longitude on the day itself, and I said no. So I am keeping 
to my, I, I, now, I, weren't you offered the lunch ticket on the actual day? So yeah, you probably would have gone, wouldn't you, if it was a few days earlier? I was probably flicking out, out things parked in some writing like a pretentious prick when I got a message <laughs> oh, off somebody. poetry. And it said, uh, the message said, you know, hey, do you, are you still looking for a long shoot, blah, 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 blah. I do want to go. And I was like, ah, you know, it's too late in the day. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly comfortable. But most importantly, <laughs> most importantly, I have the courage of my convictions, and that's why I didn't go. <laughs> Well, I, imagine, I, I imagine that if you had gone, you'd be sitting here trying to convince us that it was a one-day musical extravaganza. Exactly. And not a festival. Correct. <laughs> it's a non-residential gathering, therefore. Yeah, there are, are no tents. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, it's just one big concert with lots of things happening if you go on one of the days. But nonetheless, what's been going on in the news this week, guys? Oh. oh. Well, yeah, I don't want to even talk about this, but we kind of have to. Do you to. know what? I think we should talk about this because I'm sick of everyone immediately being bored with this story as soon as it comes out that Kanye West <laughs> Kanye. has been vindicated in the best way possible. Um, yeah, so it's Kimye versus Taylor, and Taylor's coming out, out of it looking pretty badly. Let's have sh- a quick listen to yeah. the song that sparked all this off. So it's only let the beat rock. For my south side niggas that know me best, I feel like me and Taylor might still have sex. Why? I made that bitch famous. Goddamn. I made that bitch famous. For all the girls that got dick from Kanye West, if you see him in the okay, street, so it's famous. Came out a while ago, and it's a mighty fine song. A pretty famous track. Yeah, with some Taylor Swift references that have been kind of a bone of contention for a long time. Kanye originally had said that T- Taylor Swift had kind of endorsed these lyrics and it was a kind of joke. It was actually her idea. Um, Taylor Swift pretty much came out and said the exact opposite. She was hearing it for the first time. She was completely embarrassed and insulted. And everyone has been on Kanye's back ever since. But Kim Kardashian for quite a while has been saying, no, actually, there was an hour long conversation. Um, Taylor Swift did endorse that She knows all about it. She's lying uh, about my man. And she's released the audio um, and some kind of good video of Rick Rubin asleep or meditating or something. Um, That's the best bit. Yeah, and essentially now it's it's proven that Taylor Swift was just lying. So, Colm, what you say about your girl? I kind of look at this in, in, in a very strange way because, yeah, like, I mean, you say Taylor Swift is my girl. Like, <laughs> I like one Taylor Swift album, a clutch of songs, and the one time that I caught her live. How long's your contract for? <laughs> I don't think there's any sort of... Like, I don't know... Taylor Swift doesn't have much interest for you know, me her mother. in between her albums. <laughs> yeah. Or when she's not making music. Well, that's because she's not a very interesting person. No, she's this not. This is maybe the most interesting thing she's ever done. True, but the problem with it is that, frankly, it's Kanye lowering himself to that level, isn't it? Because Kanye is an interesting guy. Well, he's maintained a kind of dignified silence. The past three months... <laughs> As is his one. The past three months, Kanye's been more worried about pop-up shops and merchandising than anything else. The man's ranks- focused, okay? He's focused on his vision. He's well, a no, renaissance man. He's a visionary. He's diversifying his, <laughs> diversifying his portfolio. He is, yeah. Basically, he's the Mr. Tato of rap music since he stopped messing with the life of Pablo. Never seen pop-up in the room together. shops and merchandise. And that's just what he's doing. And for me, like, this was the worst thing about this whole incident is that this was Sunday night that the videos were revealed. Mm. And it was like hours after, you know, three policemen were shot in Louisiana as part of this intensifying... Here we go. Well, no, but what I'm saying, okay, is that when you consider everything that's been going on... The lengths that you're going to defend Taylor Swift right here. This (laughs) is... You are the biggest Taylor Swift stan out there. I mean, the (laughs) amount of 13-year-old girls that have been making this argument. And, like, previous to this, no one was saying when everyone thought Kanye was the bad guy that, well, there was more important things to be getting on with it. As soon as it's like Taylor Swift is a liar, it's like, listen, guys, Syria. (laughs) No, I mean, all I'm saying is that if Kanye West was going to come out with something on Sunday night, there are a lot of more interesting things than this. Yeah. Well, he didn't really well, come well, out with it. Well, Kanye didn't do it. Sure. Yeah. It was Kim. It was but Kim. It was Kim. It was yeah. Kim, like, straight after an episode of Keeping Up With The Kardashians finished. It was, like, all tied in for this. It's supposed to get the biggest exposure ever. She's a genius. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> she's great. I'm so diabolical. I think she's one of the worst people I've ever seen. I think the whole Kardashian clan are just awful human beings. 
But uh, but yeah, Taylor Swift's looking awful here as well. Yeah. It, 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 it's really not a saga that reflects well on anybody. It's a bit like that Except old adagio. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> no, it's that old thing of are They're doing just fine. <laughs> yeah. Are they, though? For now. They've know. been threatened oh, with some legal action. It is, totally, no, that it, it is totally ridiculous. Obviously. No, the whole thing is ridiculous. But, I mean, like, to be fair, yeah. I mean, like, uh, you know, hey, look, uh, we, uh, barely, a mention, or barely, barely a podcast goes by without a mention of Kanye West. Uh, but... I said to you guys, I was like, I don't want to do this story. I was like, I'm so fucking bored of this. Um, however, let's have a listen to Taylor Swift's uh, Grammy acceptance speech from earlier in the year, which at the time sounded like a really, really badly, uh, you know, bid for an Academy Award. Like it just sounded like so rehearsed and so fake. And now it sounds about ten times more. Let's have a quick listen. I want to say to all the young women out there, there are going to be people along the way who will try to undercut your success or take credit for your accomplishments or your fame. But if you just focus on the work and you don't let those people sidetrack you, someday when you get where you're going, you'll look around and you will know that it was you and the people who love you who put you there. And that will be the greatest feeling in the world. Thank you for this moment. So, you know, Colin, when people try to hurt you in this industry, they're going to try and take credit for what you've done, and that's not okay. Okay? Sometimes as I finish articles and work, I listen to that in my <laughs> headphones, just to just to give me the inspiration I need. Um, we don't want to take that away from you, Combs, so, you know, still believe, <clears throat> she, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's, and she immediately came out after this and kind of quite indignantly said that, you know, they were destroying her reputation, and actually she had a problem with the word bitch, I think. So she keeps changing the goalposts every time it's found out that she did know about such and such. The director, Joseph Kahn, who has made such rubbish films as Detention... And uh, he's in Lincoln Park. No, it's not him. Is it not him? No, it's not him. Good. No, no. no. Um, he <laughs> did the video for Bad Blood, and he's obviously there for that mixing part of the Taylor Swift hashtag squad. He put up a tweet, I don't know if he's deleted it, I haven't bothered checking, but he put up a tweet the other night that said... Uh, hardly the first time that the Kardashians have been involved in the murder of a blonde woman. <laughs> an Whoa. innocent blonde woman, yeah. And it was like, f- uh. as I said on Twitter, uh, to quote Martin Lawrence in the illustrious Immortal Bad Boys 2, shit just got real. <laughs> it yeah. didn't, though. It's getting more and more fake. I don't think this is a they're all in on it together type thing. Don't get me wrong. Everyone's benefiting. Maybe not Tom Hiddleston. He's never going to play James Bond now. Oh, God, no. Oh, yeah. He'll be grand. Won't somebody please think of poor Tom Hiddleston? He can go back to Shakespeare. Yeah, we can always go back to Shakespeare. Yeah. Like manager good, two. He got, a good, he got a good tank top out of the whole arrangement anyway. I don't know if i call it that. But um, yeah, essentially, of course, Swift and her camp have hit back. Um, going quite pernickety here and saying that actually no what I meant was that I didn't hear the word bitch was used yeah which is ridiculous Kanye West uses the word bitch in almost every song that he puts out she's like she's put up videos of herself singing along to Kendrick Lamar lyrics where there's bitch every second line so it's not a word she has a problem with Unless maybe it's being directed at her. Uh, yeah, there exactly, is... being directed at her. I but think also, it's 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 in a hip-hop there. context, it's not the insult that it might be if you just said it to someone in the street. Oh, it's Sorry, a catch-all but... term in hip-hop. Yeah. Definitely, but I think her, more, her bone of contention was that she didn't know she was going to be called a bitch in the song. Yeah. Now, there is some argument that, you know, the way it was edited was she got a bad edit, pretty much, and that she wasn't actually... That she wasn't actually being told that line. She wasn't being told that line. But then she says something something along the lines of, I sold 7 million records before you did the whole VMA thing. You know, the stage rush. And yeah. The, I'm going to let you finish thing. But then that... So that would kind of indicate she did know about the famous line, which has the bitch in it. That would indicate as such, but at the same time, that's like the smoking gun. Why would Kim not include <laughs> I love that this conversation? <laughs> <would> I? <laughs> I mean, the other thing, and I know Dave, you tweeted the other day. You know, let it not be forgotten. In the middle of this, the famous is a great song. No, fucking banger was God the term. Damn. I actually fucking banger. Grand. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not honest. as big on the song as you are, but nonetheless, it it, it has just been so completely overshadowed. The song it? itself, yeah. Between the video and this, whole which I agree with you, is saga. terrible. By the way, terrible, terrible video. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like the whole. Well, it's an art think piece thing. Yeah, stuff, yeah. yeah I didn't, it's just boring, um, is what it is. Yeah, uh, it's this, yeah. Of course, the song is being overshadowed because these are heavyweight figures, the biggest. And I've seen a lot of people kind of be like, "Oh, what are you doing talking about these blah 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 when uh, when this more important thing is happening in the world?" But celebrity gossip is a big deal for a lot of people. It, it, it's an entire industry for an awful lot of people, and these are the most heavyweight players there are. Um, I mentioned before that Kim Kardashian did a very interesting interview with GQ about a month ago at this stage, worth reading, in which she kind of intimated at this, that you know this tape might come out, and obviously it has, 
And yeah, I mean, like, it's just one of those things where the more you look at it, obviously I would have a natural bias towards Kanye. Taylor Swift, I've always felt to be very kind of, I've called her a cyborg on this on this very, very podcast. Mm-hmm. And I kind of do feel like, I mean, like, the case against is quite strong. For a lot of people, this was vindication because she has, you know, you had Calvin Harris recently on Twitter, like, say that, you know, the whole thing where, like, he brought out a song with Rihanna. There was a Swedish songwriter on there that turned right. out to be Taylor Swift, her camp issued a thing saying actually no that was her and he he broke his silence on twitter to say you're not going to bury me like all the others like katie being katie perry <laughs> katie etc yeah so it's deafening um, etc there's an awful lot like, <laughs> like there's an awful lot of reading you can do right now on the internet which is very like, a lot of people are coming out of the woodwork and being like it's about fucking time essentially the Taylor Swift no, she's not history's worst no, 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 monster no, no, no. I'm, I'm not, not, and, really I'm not much, saying that you know, know. I, i'm not saying like yay let's throw a parade all i'm saying is i've always felt and like clearly i'm not you know, far from the only one who felt that Taylor Swift was quite insidious, and we're seeing that now. That's, I mean, here's the thing: yeah. I think that's quite strong. I think, to be I fair, think it is man. I, very I just, strong. I, I just, I think there's an army of sort of like 13, 14 year old fans who, in much the same way as kind of like One Direction, Ed Sheeran, other you know massive artists like this, sure. basically they think they're whiter than white. Butter wouldn't melt in their mouth, and. I mean, let's be honest, if you have any sort of realism about you, you look at Taylor Swift and like you know that a lot of that is stage managed. Absolutely. You yeah. know that a lot of it is scripted, a lot of it is done from like focus groups and like management teams planning the every word that comes out of her mouth, every tweet, every yeah. Instagram. Mm-hmm. Somebody pointed out that this particular message that she posted, I think on Instagram, uh going back uh, at at Kanye, uh must have been pre written. Now, I think they've got that from the sort of mm. screenshot of her phone or something along those lines. Yeah, like if you, look, sure at the, if you look at the Instagram people. post, you can see in the top corner it says, like, search or go back to something. You know, it's been in the pipeline for a while. Yeah, yeah. and, 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 and then I think I think Vulture also zoomed right in on that <laughs> and it had the previous statement she had written above it and it was something like, it doesn't exist, you know, so she clearly has, like, several statements for oh, yeah. every I progression of this. I think the takeaway is that Kanye West is not a lawyer. <laughs> Which I think you could say a lot of things about Kanye, but he doesn't seem like a bloke that's like, you know, scheming behind people's backs and he's just like says his mind, no? He's yeah. come out really well from this, I think. Yeah, I mean, the- he has. The the women of the view sided with Kanye on this. I think that's the ultimate <laughs> victory, isn't it? If you got it- the view on your side as Kanye West. Like Whoopi Goldberg, is she yeah. still there? Oh wow. That'd be <laughs> awesome. Joy Behar. I'd love to have Whoopi Goldberg fight in my corner. Uh, well this is the thing. Kanye West gets a lot of hate and a lot of heat for speaking his mind. Obviously perhaps a bit too much for some people. Yeah. Um, but hey look, there you go. He's always been upfront about things that we know of. He doesn't appear to be uh, kind of... He, he doesn't really hide behind that kind of a you know big corporate whatever and even like Taylor like everything that Taylor Swift does seems calculated hmm. Taylor's the opposite yeah so it's like it's interesting to see the reversal uh, granted you might say that that points to a very fickle public who are tired of bashing Kanye and now it's her turn I'm sure it'll turn around again mm-hmm. Taylor obviously has a lot of heavyweight support as well the likes of Selena Gomez who hasn't exactly covered herself in glory uh, in, yeah. in, in defending Taylor Swift she made the Syria point <laughs> yeah she did and it didn't end well for her and <laughs> Well, well, I mean, like she basically like, put up a thing about this, saying can people like go and you know uh, focus on other more important things? And then she was, and then the, she the, just Black Lives Matter activist. The, yeah. the, the thing, is, the thing <laughs> is, and and like I mean, as a fan of Kanye and of hip hop, I do genuinely think that a lot of people would look towards somebody like Kanye uh, to come out and say things about more meaningful subjects. I mean, I don't think that's untrue, and I think when you think back to you know Kanye ten, eleven years ago. You know, the Hurricane Katrina thing, for instance. That Kanye, in the very same state, would be flying off the handle. I think he's changed an awful lot. And I think people do look towards him and other hip-hop stars to kind of be more vocal at this time. I mean, He I, is I, commenting, I, granted, perhaps not to the extent I that think he has. He's gone super self-referential, I think, at this moment in time. And maybe hmm. that's just a kind of creative thing he has to work through or personal thing he has to work through but yeah I agree I mean it would be nice to hear his comments on more important stuff but um, no this has definitely been a victory for good over evil I think <laughs> <laughs> when moving we, on <laughs> when we talk about hip hop stars weighing in on important matters uh, ASAP Rocky tried to do his bit Oof, this is a clusterfuck isn't oh, it boy. it really is it didn't go yeah. so well uh-huh. uh, that Damn. seems fair to say um, what did he do? Well, he um, botched uh, his... <laughs> my, headline, my headline here, by the way, is ASAP Rocky says things. He says things, yeah. yeah, many, many things. He so, botches his support of Black Lives Matters. Uh, he seems to defend Bill Cosby. 
Yeah, um, this is a very yeah. weird one, the Bill Cosby defense, because actually Kanye had a tweet himself where he more or less said the same thing, and everyone was just like, "My God, why?" Have Which you done has that? never been explained and, and never been referenced by anyone since then. Yeah, and I'm yeah. just like, okay, what was that about? Um, yeah, it's just you know we talk about Kanye wanting Kanye to say things about what's going on in the world. We don't want ASAP Rocky to do that. Clearly, no. I mean, you know, no, I, no, I've talked for a long time. Yeah. He's just you know decent voice, a pretty face, not much else going on. And this is clearly an example of that. Um, he's gone with All Lives Matter, which hasn't ended oh. well for anyone. Oh, that no, said it. No. no, that's not strong. It's not strong, and the Cosby defense is particularly bad. I think, isn't it? It it is absolutely terrible. He's kind of saying that. You know, obviously, he has drawn a bit of controversy on himself, ASAP Rocky, that is. And he says that, you know, his whole legacy is that he could do things. And it's just like Bill Cosby. He did so much positive things leading up to one thing, which he was convicted of being innocent for, which is an incredible line. What a statement. One thing, of being more innocent. like 56. Yes. Yeah. So people, you know what I'm saying? All you remember is the 56 women and all that kind of shit. <laughs> to which the ho- Charlemagne the God yes. Charlemagne the God said a lot, a lot of women that's a lot yeah. of women and then like but like then just to watch Ace Rocky crumble he's like he's like yeah but he's a powerful man you know what I'm saying look I'm not his lawyer but I do know he's innocent in the eyes of the law they said he's innocent you get what I'm saying so nobody talks about that you get what I'm saying you can just picture him being like uh shit uh. and he's like all we know is that he was accused he allegedly raped however many women he raped <laughs> which you got it's so much issues in the world you know what I'm saying like, I mean, like, you, like you can just picture the sweat billowing down his face yeah. I don't talking. think anybody came away from that interview knowing what he was saying. After we get off topic of police brutality and the urban kids and the youth and all that, then you got to talk about poverty. And after poverty, you got to talk about uh, issues never stop. It's like, man, there th- seems to be a thing that issues a, never an stop. astonishing uh, like collapse. Yeah, an avalanche of an interview itself. Just shut up. <laughs> I mean, he's not on the same critical level as ASAP, but Nick Cannon did something similar about Bill Cosby recently, where he had a kind of poem about, you know, African-American power and heritage and stuff like that. And he was going on about Bill Cosby in a great light, even after these things had come out. It just seems to be a weird thing where people can't let go of the old image of Bill Cosby as this kind of, you know, fodder figure almost to the African-American community. It must be a mm-hmm. weird thing to just flip around. Oh, no, he's this horrible person <laughs> yeah it's Dreadful absolutely right and plus as well I mean you know we talked about kind of the perception of being whiter than white earlier and yeah. the the idea of Bill Cosby kind of being the perfect man was very much uh, you know the kind of the common thought uh, because it's funny when you look at or not funny that's certainly not the word I want to use but when you look at what's happened kind of with English media figures from the 60s and yeah, 70s say true, many yeah. of whom would have been you know quite iconic in their own way um but I think, you know, we all thought something fishy was going on deep down or something. And that's why people have been able to very quickly just go, oh, well, he's a monster. Yeah. With Bill Cosby, it seems to be more difficult for some people. And uh, ASAP Rocky's struggling more than most. Yeah. I yeah. mean, Bill Cosby was a comedian who just wouldn't even curse. He Like, he hated younger comics coming up and doing blue material. And he's getting up to this kind of stuff mm. behind the scenes. Can I say um, just very quickly, uh, it, it's not a music but it does involve a song, I suppose, uh, that when Frank LaBeouf played for Chelsea, <laughs> they used to sing, he's here, he's there, he's fucking everywhere, Frank LaBeouf, Frank LaBeouf. And he came out and he said that he doesn't like swearing and he Aww. doesn't want fans to swear when they're singing about him. So the song became, he's here, he's there, and we're not allowed to swear, Frank LaBeouf, Frank LaBeouf. <laughs> a rare moment where Chelsea fans aren't the worst people in the world there. Uh, are you going to Are you gonna do the <laughs> song? We are absolutely no, not. No, no, no. Let's let's move We're on. We're the controversy this evening, aren't you? <laughs> we'll bleep that one out. Um, <laughs> by the way, on the subject of you, you mentioned poems. Uh, anyone within the sound of my voice, I want you to stop writing poems. Thanks, and that includes you, Cullum. Um Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Just, ha- just having a go. Poetry, okay. yeah. Yeah. poetry is just dead. Poetry is We're dead. Poetry yeah. dead, yeah. man. Rock yeah, and yeah. roll's yeah. new poetry. Bono told me that. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> what year was that? Uh, back in the eighties, crazy days. <laughs> Well, rock and roll is being reappropriated as well. Justin Bieber, uh, I've heard of markups. Reappropriated. In terms of uh, <laughs> merchandising and in terms of selling on tat. Mm. This is in a new level. Um, Marilyn Manson's old tour t-shirts, uh, bigger than Satan on the back, are now being sold for $195. It's a steal. After being repurposed for Justin now, Bieber. Now, hold on. They're not the what? actual t-shirts that it's Marilyn Manson version. was selling in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, like the leftover box yeah, out the back. gone into a thrift shop and they've just loaded it Times up. are hard for old Brian Warner. Uh, quick round the horn here. Uh, how do we feel about Justin Bieber, for instance? Give me a quick capsule here. Craig. Cheeky chappy. Colm. Meh. George. Oh, God, I don't like him at all. <laughs> his, last, his, his last album is terrific. Uh, Marilyn Manson. Craig. 
Uh, uh, very good. Uh, Intelligent, his last record, was great as well. Cullum. Yeah, interesting guy. George. Two good songs. Me, a uh, big fan. <laughs> Me, His last yeah. album's fantastic. George, please leave the studio. <laughs> uh, what two songs, incidentally? Fight song. Great song. And another one. Okay, fantastic. Oh, God, anyway, it. the point is, well, we're not going to see the George. <laughs> George is not about to drop uh, almost two hundred dollars. Not tainted love on this uh, on, on this this year merchandise. Yeah, it's some of Bieber's tour merchandise that came out earlier on this year had a similar kind of almost metal aesthetic to it. Like it looked like Slayer T-shirts kind of repurposed for him. So, don't quite know what he's playing at. Does he, this it, have anything to do with him? Sorry, I think it's kind of funny yeah. though. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly he's trying to basically fuck with people's heads. Mm. And, and and at so many different levels, when you see this kind of thing that he's doing right now as well, with when he's cancelled meet and greets with the fans, he's kind of refusing to acknowledge them. There was a great video of him throwing a present out the window of a car. I saw that. I felt so sorry for that poor girl. Yeah, yeah that was but, awful. but I genuinely do feel as though Bieber is trying to you know, move the goalposts almost. He's, he's trying to. And you know, also change in, perceptions of them completely. In that clip, there's kind of audio surrounding it, and you can hear the girls kind of shouting, "Yeah, we'll see you in half an hour. I'll just run up the street." Like they've been following him for days. Yeah. So yeah. there must be moments when you nearly slap. Now that was a horrible thing to do to a poor mm. girl. In that respect, like, though, I mean, I remember watching a documentary about Britney Spears about I don't know, ten years ago. I'm sure it's still the same for her now. But the height of her fame, like you know, just watching her get out of a car and go into a shop that has been closed specifically for her, yeah. and then get back into the car, that's an ordeal. Like, there's netting, there's minders, there's cameras going off everywhere. There are people who are, yeah, following her around. And it's like, he obviously goes through the same thing. Like, it's kind of one of the things where it's like, could you really put up with all that? For, you know, all the money, all the time? Yeah? Do you think so, though? I I, I have no fucking idea. (laughs) It sounds unlivable to me. Yeah, yeah, there you go. The the word unlivable. I feel like, you know, and, you know, this might even sound hypocritical where I'm basically saying, fuck Taylor Swift. But, I mean, like, at the same time... It is one of the things where you, you can't quite... The average Joe can't quite appreciate the life that they live. And I'm not saying, oh, boo-hoo, you know, they get to go home to a fucking mansion at the end of the day, mm. fair enough. But, like, it's quite a lot. You know, it's quite a pound of flesh, I think, that they have to pay for... Just got very deep, very quick, Dave. What can I say, man? I'm, I'm a man of many, <laughs> many, many, many layers. <laughs> many, many. But on the T-shirt point, I think he saw <laughs> the reaction that he got when he wore that Nirvana T-shirt a mm. few years ago, and he's probably just run with that, just trolling. Yeah, yeah. So Justin a, Bieber, a bit of a pop troll, rock god. So Manson, rock, rock, rock fans are his New Orlando bloom. Yeah. Manson has apparently given his approval. Oh, I'm sure he loves it. That's just right up his street, isn't yeah. it? It's like subversive enough for him. He's a, really hey, like he's, he's edgy man. He carries around a gold plated knife, don't <laughs> yeah. you know? Uh, you know but he who does? That. Mar- Marilyn Manson. Oh, does he? <laughs> so he says. But uh, <laughs> incidentally, uh, he announced uh, that he's bringing a, a new album on Valentine's Day no, next year, and it's called Say Ten. S A Y one zero. Is it his tenth record? Satan. Uh, is it his tenth record? I don't think it is. I think it's his ninth. Um, but uh, I'm very excited <laughs> because, as we've said before, the Pale Emperor, which was out in January of 2015, is a gigantic return to form. And if you haven't listened to it and you don't even think he's that good, I'd just say give it at least one listen. It's fucking great. We're gonna in a few minutes move on to some tracks that you should be listening to this week as well. But first, we want to plug uh, the playlist, which you can find currently on the Headstuff website. Our boy Joshua Hughes mm. has um, written a, a little something and put together a playlist to educate you in the joys of country music, a, a, an oft-maligned genre, and um, Josh is, is fighting its corner admirably. Craig, on the other hand, has been doing a little bit of research yeah. and has found that it is a really, really fertile spot when it comes to songs with incredible names. It very much is. And I kind of initially thought of this as a way to big up the playlist, which there's some great stuff on there and he makes a really good case. I feel like I'm totally undermining that now with some of these like titles. They're just absolutely... Morrissey has nothing on these titles. They're just fantastic. So, so we'll do a top we 10. The top 10 funniest country song titles of all time. And number 10, I Still Miss You Baby, But My Aim's Getting Better. <laughs> a lot of these are quite misogynistic. I had to get weed out a lot of them, so this is like. Let's remind ourselves that Craig said these were the funniest ones. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and, and else it, you want to uh, starting uh, with an archery number nine? Any yeah, de- declarative statements you want to make here on this podcast, Craig? <laughs> well, they, they, women, could be, they could be kind of binary. You know what I mean? They could, you could use them in different. We're not referring to women necessarily. Number nine, Johnny Cash, flushed from the bathroom of my heart. Ouch. Pretty good. Number eight. Save a horse, ride a cowboy. Sounds like a weird chat-up line. Quite like that one. Number seven, my wife ran off with my best friend, and I sure do miss him. <laughs> See what he did there, because you think he's going to talk about uh, the wife. Yeah, it's a real bait and switch. <laughs> Dad humour, that's fine. Nice, yeah, yeah. Yep. 
Uh, number six, she thinks my tractor's sexy. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't get involved there, mate. Doubt, <laughs> doubt that. She clearly has Did, issues. Yeah, probably. Um, if the phone doesn't ring, it's me. Nice. That's yeah, a good that one. I you, like that. That's real. Makes you think. That's yeah. very emo. It really is. If I ever have a <laughs> oh, chance, very, very to, If I ever have a chance to conduct a job interview, I might finish with that. <laughs> okay, new game: country song or Panic at the Disco. <laughs> <laughs> How can I miss you if you won't go away? <laughs> that's kind of very Morrissey, isn't it? I like that one. Yeah. Um, number three, a lady song. All right. Simple. <laughs> okay. All right. Fine. Get off my back. Yeah. <laughs> Did I shave my legs for this? <laughs> Who did that? You say that every week. Uh, Dina Carter, apparently. Um, so check. It doesn't her out. matter. <laughs> a some, number two. A number two. And some might say this should have the top spot, but I, I know this is Colin's favorite. Drop kick me Jesus through the goalposts of life. Yeah, that's a beaut. That's great. That's an amazing that's statement. Excellent. And then Inspired. number one for me. Get your tongue out of my mouth because I'm kissing you goodbye. <laughs> I've definitely said that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've all used that one. Uh, by the way, uh, incidentally, when George saying that you know, like you know, uh, they're very emo. I have threatened to do the the top ten emo lyrics on the podcast. I almost don't want to spoil any of them, but uh, it, it was announced or it wasn't announced. There's a cryptic thing going around that My Chemical Romance may or may not be making some kind of comeback. For should I parade? should I jump ahead here and like throw out one of those lines? Yeah. Go for it. Go one, for one. It. Just one. Tease the audience. So I can't pick the one that would have been number one. No, no, like a kind of a oh, mid. I really want to say mid pick. Oh, just say go it. on, say it. Okay, fine. Uh, right, I'll, I'll try and come up with ten different ones. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you two. Uh, one is uh, "These Knuckles Break Before They Bleed," right? Uh, okay. By Emery. The song is called "Walls." Pretty good. And oh. the number one lyric, the number one email <laughs> lyric good. that uh, may still be number one when we do this eventually is by Taking Back Sunday, who we previously featured on the podcast before they went all yeehaw, bro, country. Um, and the truth is that you could slip my throat. And with my one last gasping breath, I'd apologise for bleeding on your shirt. Oh, oh. <laughs> toxic masculinity! There, so much wrong with that. That oh. is, yeah, underwhelming. We're going to take a minute to recover, and while we do, uh, enjoy a word from our sponsors. How good are buns and burgers? You know yourself, and ask yeah, what way do you want to be cooked? And it's burger, you know. I don't know how to explain it, but they were really good. It was uh, cooked perfectly as well. Really nice meat was. Proper, was refreshed, really nicely made, uh, made it to order. The thing is about burgers, like, you know, you can't have it dry like most places. It's like cardboard, like, you know. So, this nice and juicy, it's the way to cook it. It's good, I like it. I like just the simplicity of just, you know, standard ingredients. And Bunsen, straight up burgers. Now at three locations in Dublin. Delicious stuff right there, I think we can all agree. And uh, let's take some more tasty <laughs> morsels. <laughs> some more tasty morsels of music just this time. Uh, we got four portions for you, and here's the first. Stop. <laughs> here's the first. Uh, it's Prophets of Rage with Prophets of Rage. So are we going to rank them all by rare medium? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With vice, I hold the mic device. With force, I keep it away. So that's Prophets of Rage with the imaginatively titled Prophets of Rage. Prophets of Rage are a supergroup which features members of Rage Against the Machine, pretty much all of them barring Zach Della Rocca, aka the most important one. Yeah. Uh, you've got Chuck D from Public Enemy, you've got B Real from Cypress Hill. Yes. And I think there's another member of Public Enemy in there as well, DJ something. Um, uh, obviously, I don't really sound too enthused by this because it's not great, is it, lads? No, it's no. not. It, kind of, it does exactly what it says under the tin. Really. Yeah. It, it sounds like you would imagine it's going to sound. I think the thing with this particular supergroup is that you realise whether it's rap or whether it's that sort of style of I mean how would you even describe Rage Against Machines sort of kind of punky well, metal rap, I mean, they was were the thing that was rap, always rap, proto new metal, metal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they basically, yeah. Ba- ba- the basically the um, bottom line is that those are really difficult things to do well Yeah, and that if so. you do them in a sort of a mediocre fashion that's exactly how it's going to sound. Also, this has the weight of, you know, or even I should say, like, the complete lack. Or like, like the, 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 
the very obvious hole here is there's no Zack de la Roca. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, whether you're a gigantic Rage Against the Machine fan, which I would be, or whether you're just kind of coming to this casually, you can't help but be like, okay, right, yeah, this sounds fine. Like, Tom Morello sounds like Tom Morello. It sounds like a bit of a Rage Against the Machine demo. Like, it sounds very, it sounds very, it sounds like Guerrilla Radio. I mean, mm-hmm. like, there's nothing wrong with this. Uh, Chuck D and Be Real sound up for it. Yeah. The lads sound up for it. But you can't sell me this and no Zach De La Roca. And obviously, Zach De La Roca, it's clearly like a Bill Murray not wanting to do Ghostbusters 3 situation. Like, yeah. it's clearly Zach popped up on a Run the Jewels track a couple of years ago, sounded incredible. You know, there's talk that he's got a solo album out there that he made years ago that's probably never going to be released. You would think with all the ills in the world right now, a Rage Against the Machine record would, would make so much sense, but he's clearly not interested, so yeah. they got to keep busy. But to me, it's just like, I, all, all I want to hear is him again. I mean, it made a certain sense when you heard, okay, Chuck D over those Tom Morello kind of riffs might kind of work. But as you say, suddenly you realise with this song, no, you need Zach. That voice just was what made it just, you know, catch a flame. And it sounds like, yeah, the some of its parts less than some of its parts it's exactly what you'd assume it would be it's kind of based on an old public enemy song lyrically um, of the same name yeah mm. and the riffs are just your bog standard exactly what you'd expect what he's been doing for 20 years now at this point I would say they're even worse god like, yeah, there's just well, yeah, that well, like one kind of Oh, note that happens <laughs> yeah just uninspired kind of resting <sighs> on your laurels terrible. type stuff and they've done they've released this as you know uh, you know to tie in with a series of gigs they've been doing and they did a few gigs outside the Republican convention and they're clearly going all out in terms of getting the protest vote out there and that kind of mm. thing and everyone against Trump but it just feels like first of all Trump like the Republican convention and Trump are just so ridiculous at this point that you can't there's, there's no, there's point, no point, point protesting. Yeah. yeah, you can't. You can't bring any kind of the party from the inside in the mm. convention center. You don't need some guys with guitars on the street. Like, yeah, you can't really bring any kind of political seriousness to Trump no, of all people. I mean, it's like this anti-Trump thing, but it's also Homer-Palooza kind of too, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so it's like it feels like a nice sentiment, but they're just out of their time, or it's, yeah, just yeah, very, feel. very past the sell-by yeah. date. But on the Zach De La Roca point, I didn't mind. Audio slave for a couple of albums. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. I think Chris Cornell did a decent job there, but a couple of really good songs. Yeah, maybe, maybe there's something in this project, but from this song, it's no. difficult to be convinced. Faring a little better as far as kind of classic hip hop groups go. Adela Soul, they're back with royalty capes. It sounds like this. You consider them kings, so about to icing on cakes. Chariots cruise at tortoise speeds. Lay your by focus on royalties. Longer than Sears catalog, stern like matadors, infatible actual LPs. Mirror the crimson tie, the color of the Rubik's. Them duplex views got your nose up. But cozy up to this warmth, though, and long term froze up. The Jonas up. I get swallowed by the Barracuda. Androids read raps off our phones. Yeah, that's a new cut from Dallas Soul. Opinions? I was never the biggest Dallas Soul fan. I kind of appreciate what they did in the kind of hip hop game. Uh, they've been hugely influential. They've kept plugging away. Uh, I kind of like this. It was you know light and jazzy. It didn't really go anywhere. I was expecting a kind yeah. of big lift off or something. Mm. And spoken word bits didn't really work for me. But they're definitely they you know they've got their own niche carved out. They're still full of ideas clearly and still very passionate about it. Um, and there was nothing objectionable about it. Like I, I just thought this was a, a solid kind of track from Della Soul, and it's kind of nice to see her keep keep motoring on. I'd agree with that completely. Yeah. It's a nice kind of lazy, laid back song. Some yeah. good brass, some good good beat to it. And I mean, the lyrics, not so much. They're not that great, but you know, it's kind of this poetic nonsense. But um, it's a bunch of nice non sequiturs. Yeah, I hated this. Oh. I actually hated this. I thought it was irritating. I thought it was boring. I thought it sounded awful. I thought it did nothing. I thought it was lazy. I thought it was derivative. I thought it was reductive. I fucking hate this song. Derivative, derivative of what? what? <laughs> it's just like, I've heard this all before. Like, I'm just like, this is just so... Maybe, like, yeah, I, I really didn't like this song. It did remind me of Miguel's Kaleidoscope Dream a bit. You know, that kind of just... Ba-dum. Yeah. Sure. Ba-dum. I mean, I must say... I think it was too I... inoffensive to be... That, that, that's the, that's the thing for just, me, and yeah, nice I mean, I actually challenge. feel quite yeah, passive, quite ambivalent towards this tune, to be perfectly mm. honest. I didn't find enough in there to really feel one way or the other. I question whether or not a De La Soul record now really means anything. Yeah, like, It do doesn't, that's why it's so to hard say? to work up any kind of strong feeling against it, because, you know, they were relevant, what, 26, 27 years ago, yeah. and... 
Like, I guess it's difficult to work up that feeling like, like for before well, my time. Though. And MTV News recently had a piece by David Turner, I think, who was just like he's one of their big rap writers, and he's just listening to Three Feet High and Rising for the first time, and he's just like, yeah, not for me. And he's like 22. <laughs> yeah. just... And it's kind of uncharted territory for a lot of hip-hop acts that have reached that age, isn't it? Because, you know, you talk about Chuck D still trying to do stuff with DJ Lord, and, you know, Public Enemy's still great when you see them live, but they just don't have that relevance yeah. just because rap moves so quickly now. Della Solar in the same boat. They're kind you, of mean, just a nostalgia actor. You're talking about, yeah, you're talking about such a young genre anyway. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, 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 like there is literally nobody... Who who has sort of you know gone into old age and Heritage retirement as it were? Like yeah, it's more so. it's worse with Chuck D though because he made a career out of being so kind of righteous and so political and so on message the whole time, and then like the world's moved on. I mean, the issues he was talking about is still very much ingrained in American society, but you know we need a fresh voice to kind of tackle these. Whereas with Delasol, it's kind of just like yeah, it's the same They're stuff. Doing as their own twenty years ago. Yeah. We thought we were going to have a fresh voice in British music for a little while. <laughs> Did we? <laughs> well, certainly, <laughs> Jamie T's first album seemed to be a little socially aware. Uh, it's changed somewhat in the interim, and by the sounds of things, uh, it's only getting worse. This is his new single. It's called Tinfoil Boy. Use the light to keep you here. Yeah. How it's, dreadful. It's awful. I mean, yesterday I think I described it as it's like the product of one of those reality TV shows where you take a loaded, like, disadvantaged, troublesome youths and try to distract them by letting them loose in a studio. <sighs> this sounds like what they would come out with. Yeah. Like, it's like, you know, some band you might see in an episode of Nathan Barley or something, just this yeah, dreadful yeah, kind of construction that somehow mm. edgy. Ten years ago so in shit. London. Like, yeah. It's such a really bad yeah. underworld rip-off. And it starts out kind of like, you're like, okay, this might go somewhere, and then it's just a car crash. It's awful. It, it, sound, it sounds like a, a group of 14-year-olds trying to do a garage band cover yeah. of Aphex Twin. Yeah. Is what I yeah, got. That's totally fair. You brought up the underworld thing for me earlier, and I said it sounded more like Pendulum. It just brought me back to that drum and bass rock hybrid that and it really I upset never me that George in. reminded me of the existence of Pendulum <laughs> you remember that you never listening to Pendulum I, st- I threw on propane nightmares uh, after that I've never heard them don't okay <laughs> like, recommend you're it. okay your life's better as it is yes. Jamie T never did anything for me I thought Stella was okay yeah I liked yeah. some of his stuff it was he kind was, of inventive he was a bit different yeah. he was just one of those songwriters that kind of emerged after Alex Turner but and it was, was real enemy. Of a London belt. It was real enemy yeah. champion. Yeah. Remember oh, yeah. when enemy it was, were it was very enemy were getting behind like him and Jack Pinate and Jolene oh, and the Jing Jang Jong. He was nowhere near as bad as those. <laughs> no, he wasn't. And, and that first record was okay. I mean, it definitely had its moments. He was. He also seemed like a kind of an interesting bloke. Yeah. The fact that he disappeared mm. off the face of the planet for five years actually went a long way, probably, to confirming that because we were like, oh, he, he's quite different. Uh, as far as, you know, our, our stars, quote-unquote, or certainly mm. the kind of media darlings mm. are concerned. But, uh, yeah, but this is shite. Yeah, I was never a big fan, but he did have a kind of interesting view from the ground, kind of working-class London kind of bent to him, and that was interesting for a while. But where's that gone? This is just... Sticks and stones, mate. Awful. Yeah. I, I think I it's fair to say that his... That his <laughs> terrible song. <laughs> his, his career has basically Andrew! just gone into nosedive, really, and probably peaked at the very start yeah I think so. downhill i think so definitely yeah um so that's the last we'll ever hear of jmt on this podcast yeah. we'll <laughs> oh, did you see the video by the way no, it's a crappy, bit of it and yeah. i was like this is just what the fuck is this yeah, made no, for 15 like, quid kind of really job. okay fair enough maybe i was a bit too a harsh to make it take the hatred i gave for delos because i don't actually hate them or anything but that song just really bothered me for some reason okay. and put it towards this because this is just trash all right we're gonna try to finish the song segment on a high yeah strength to strength uh some people can go from strength to strength and i, I think someone who is doing that right now is wild beasts and this is their latest single it's called celestial creatures Bye. 
yeah, that's from Boy King. The album comes out on August the 5th. Uh, Great title. I've heard it, mm. and I really, really dig it. And every song that we've heard so far, uh, Get My Bang, Big Cat, and now this, all fit seamlessly <coughs> into the 10 tracks that are on there. Um, I've pretty much been listening to nothing but this record. I think that might be why I was annoyed with the Della Soul thing, because I didn't want to stop listening to it. Like right. I, I've listened to Boy King for like the last two or three days. Uh, we're going to have a proper review of it in the week that it comes out. And Craig, I think you've heard it. I've listened to it quite a lot as well. Yeah, and it's, it sounds great to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm a massive fan. I think um, it's excellent. Uh, you're a bigger fan than I would be, and it's definitely. I think it's my favorite album of theirs. Not to jump too ahead, Celestial Creatures really? is very Ooh, indicative of okay. tone. Okay, but see, like I mean, like I would have less of a relationship with them that you would have. So, what do you think about this song, and also about the record itself? It's a gorgeous song. Um, they've clearly gone fully in that kind of electronica. Um, they've moved into that they kind of started that in the last record but I was kind of nervous about where they were going and dumping the kind of great intertwining guitars that they've had for years but it really hasn't affected their overall kind of you know identity and um, just clever lyrics an amazing voice um, has an immediacy but there's so much going there's so many layers there's so much going on underneath that it's just kind of going to grow probably in our affections and just yeah just from listening to the record a few times this song and all the ones you've, we've heard, as you said, Dave, they just kind of slot seamlessly into this bigger work. And it's great. They're one of those bands. Then maybe, you know, we talk about guitar bands and, okay, there's not a lot of guitars on this record, but in that kind of, you know, indie rock and roll type genre, um, there's not a lot of those around at the moment that are doing interesting work, certainly from that kind of, you know, generation or age group. These guys, Vampire Weekends, maybe the horrors, these are kind of some bands you might actually put in the pantheon of great interesting bands over the years that roll call um, and yeah they just haven't put a foot wrong yet in their career so um, fantastic I've got to admit that this song didn't grab me quite like the other singles okay, that we've yeah. heard so far um, with that said I haven't heard the album so I, I can't you know comment on whether or not it, it fits in like you say to that sort of bigger thing um, but it, I mean it is a good track and I think I don't know, maybe it's just because of how good the other two songs were that I kind of have faith that this is going to make sense yeah, in an album setting, does, as yeah. it were. You're willing to invest in it. Partially it's because everything is done very well. And I mean, you know, the sound is pristine. And there's especially there's very little to kind of to bother you, I suppose, or, or, or that you think is going to be jarring. So you're almost willing to kind of go with it mm. and say, you know, oh, well, they're going to take it down a notch a little bit for a tune. That's okay. Yeah, I love Wild Beasts. I love everything from love everything from Limbo Panto to Present Tense. I haven't heard this album yet. Um, I was kind of cold on Get My Bang and Big Cat the first time I heard them. They've really grown on my since. I'm kind of hoping for the same thing with this one, Celestial Creatures. But you know, promising stuff. But I haven't listened to it enough to really love it yet. Um, yeah, I was reading something Hayden Forp did for The Quietus. It was like his Baker's Dozen, whatever that was. The, his top 13 favourite albums and um, very interesting reading if, if you want to see what, what's going into this new album. So there's Kate Bush, Marlon Gay, uh, Leonard Cohen, Dark Side, and then The Weeknd. He loves the Standard latest... Venn diagram there, yeah, really, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> I could definitely hear he Kate call, Bush. He calls, he calls Abel uh, Byronic, of course. <laughs> of course he does, yeah. Well, this is this is their, you know, let's get really sexy album. I mean, like... Not That's every, every well No, but uh, I think this <laughs> yeah, one's it, the most overt. I mean, like, like, Big Cat is the first track on the record, and, like, even, like, kind of catches some of those lyrics are, like... They're fucking hilarious. Like I, I think oh, yeah. I was saying, like it, it even sounds like almost like a T Rex thing, where it's just like a, a nice groove and just totally ridiculous lyrics. Yeah, kind of sexy, it's swaggering. It's, yeah, it's kind of with of, a wink. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's where they live, isn't Take it? Take your it's collar off, kind of swaggering, yeah. machismo. Yeah. Now, now, maybe one thing the album is lacking, and I haven't listened to it. Maybe enough. Maybe I'll sink into that. Is a kind of a reach a bit further or something with a bit more you know plucking the heartstrings kind of thing maybe it's just not that I record. think the closing track has that but I would I would agree that it doesn't come it doesn't hit the same height sure, to yeah. reach a bit further um, we are going to obviously be discussing the album at length yeah. Yeah. in a is flailing his arms at us because he hasn't heard it and he's When's upset it out? it's out on August 5th <laughs> I have been sent it though so I will listen to it post taste sweet okay well let's let's talk about something that we all kind of got involved in various different capacities over the previous weekend uh, I didn't go except for you yeah well, well see this is the thing I but I can offer a uh, an armchair critic perspective an outsider Perspective. I kept of a festival that wasn't televised. You just read Twitter. I, I kept up with social media and yeah. I spoke to people like a journalist would who were at the festival. This is Longitude 2016. Damn, that's what real journalism is. Uh, and, and and just speaking of following on social media, can we give a very brief shout out to occasional head stuff contributor Louise Bruton? who's been caught in the background of a, a video of a man proposing. <laughs> oh, yeah, and brilliant. she could so, not look yeah. less impressed 
If she tried. This is Louise, I'm training to be a marriage celebrant. <laughs> what she, is that, by the way? I, I've I never was having heard this conversation that, yeah. last night with some old friends from college. And uh, we were... We were discussing, Over some tea. Yeah, we were, we, were dis- we were discussing about whether or not that means you can legally marry somebody. Can you add that to your CV? I think you can. I could be wrong. I'm I think sure, that's the point. I'm sure Louise will let us know. Add it to your CV. Yeah. Um, no, it's <laughs> career to con. marry someone. But yeah, it's oh. a, it is a... A1, what else would it be? A one. I, I, I assumed it was like a cheerleader or something, or yeah. like you know, someone who like you know helps you out. And Celebrant's you not really a word you hear too. Are you picturing Joey from Friends when he pushes the hat sideways? <laughs> yes. When he's a minister. Exactly. There's no one better. There's no one greater. <laughs> Louise also managed to uh, get Hozier on her on, on her knee and Samantha Mumba as well. She has a blog or a famous people on my knee. I think it's a Tumblr, and it's uh, quite the roster of people. And she was busy that weekend, but yeah, it capped off with that incredible photograph. Fair play, Louise. Absolutely amazing. Uh, another, she looks disgusting. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> uh, another shout out, if I may, um, Fanula Jones, who uh, is another journalist. She put up a tweet of a guy doing push-ups during Kendrick Lamar showing off to his mates. See, now, I have a nice massive issue with this. I have a huge issue. With I this. don't. I think with I, I think doing push-ups to Kendrick. No, with her kind of going and like and indeed all of Twitter just going like, oh, what an idiot! This guy's doing push-ups during Kendrick, and it's like, yeah, but the girl who filmed him is clearly not paying any attention to the performance either. Well, based on her vantage point, she appears to be on some kind of platform. I presume she looked over her shoulder, saw this guy doing yeah. what he was doing, who was like away from the, way away from the stage, showing off to his mates. It took her like, what, eight seconds his to take that? His form is outstanding, though. Good form. Um, Maybe yeah. he's just inspired by the music to, like, you know, start It looks like she was out. standing on top of the, that you know, the three? The three, three line area. Thing, that's what I was thinking. And I'm guessing this guy just drew focus away from well, I, Kendrick I was doing that very moment. funny. So, you know... Yeah. You can, you shout life. out to that guy <laughs> Shout out to that guy Shout out to Fanula Hey he had the last laugh Like got a little bit of a pump on No pecs no sex folks <laughs> Let's talk about Longitude It's all about the gains of Kendrick Let's talk know? about Longitude Cullum you were there on the Friday yep. Craig was there on the Sunday George was there all weekend And I was keeping an mm-hmm. eye on it from afar Our supervisor <laughs> Yeah. Uh, take it away somebody I will go yeah I got in Friday uh, My only day of, of, of service as it were Um <laughs> The minute I got there, it was straight to Kalela, which is a pretty nice way to start the weekend. Mm. Um, yeah, she was great. She is great. Um, I was unlucky enough to have missed her last year at Forbidden Fruit, so it had kind of been a while in coming for me. Uh, that was very enjoyable. And after that, to be perfectly honest, I got quite lazy. And I just started sitting in bed, having a drink, you know, just watching what was going on around. Fulfilling your basically. media duties. Fulfilling media duties, yeah. precisely, yeah. Kissing hands and shaking babies. And with the result that when I headed to Tyler, the creator, it was full. I missed him. I missed him because I couldn't get into it. And the bridge across was blocked off. Yeah. And and, I mean, that is the one thing, the only like real complaint that you'd have of Longitude and the setting, which is gorgeous. Actually, Marley Park, I must say I really enjoy it, even if it is a disaster to get to and get out of at times. Horrendous. But yeah, that, that bridge system, it just gets irritating. Well, that wouldn't be my only criticism of the festival, but um, yeah, that was like a few times over the weekend, especially for really popular kind of acts. You'd struggle to get there within five minutes, yeah. and it's not it's not a far distance to go at all. But I couldn't get into Kendrick. I barely got into not Kendrick uh, Tyler. Tyler, and I barely got into Christine with and the Queens because it took me like ten minutes. And then trying to leave the Heineken Air Arena for from Diplo on Saturday. We'll get back, get to that in a minute, I guess, but. That yeah, took like a half an hour. <laughs> yeah, I, the one thing about uh, being kind of locked out of Tyler is that I got to see our buddies. We got corners um, playing at the Wheeland stage, or at least part of their set anyway. And uh, they were in flying form, so uh, presumably that's not the last that we'll see of them over this summer either. Uh, Kendrick was the highlight on Friday night and the headliner. Obviously, it was going to be the highlight. Um, How is this kind of festival chops? You know what? Pretty mm. decent. I mean, he has a band who are really good. Yeah. yeah, they're great. Really good. And especially on like some of the songs from the new album, like it just it really it pops. Oh yeah, yeah it really helps. And later in in the set, a song which I enjoyed more actually as a single than the album version which ended up uh, on to Pimp Butterfly, but I was insane with that live band just giving it welly like it was mm. awesome. And the other thing that I must say is that whatever about the chap who'd gone off to get his push-ups done, the crowd seemed pretty good. And I mean, like, pretty informed and pretty 
uh, familiar with Good Kid Mad City as well as to Pimp Butterfly. Mm. Overly familiar with Mad City, I must say. <laughs> Never heard so much, um, so many N-words from a 90% white crowd. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a weird one. It's, uh, yeah, and it's always funny to see his face and he's going to look at the crowd going, huh. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be my point. I was right down, I, I couldn't find Colm. So I went right down the front and I was like three rows from the front, maybe standing there. And I was, it was one of those ones where you're kind of just focusing on standing up. <laughs> but um, yeah, I could see Kendrick and he looked he looked a bit miffed. Like I'm sure he has to perform in large in front of largely white crowds a lot. And, you know, these songs aren't for us at the end of the day. <laughs> Isn't that right? Yeah. Was there much interaction between songs or did you like, just kind n- of do like, Not the, really. Yeah. I, I mean, I saw him a few years ago and it's kind of the same stage pattern. Like he did that whole... Uh, which which of you fuckers have been me, with me since day one? Yeah, and and I love that as well. You know, and he's like, <laughs> none of us. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah, I mean, he's like, you know, oh, you've been supporting me from day one. It's like they really haven't. Like, like it's not like we were knocking our grannies over to get our hands on Section Eight. The most. You know, <laughs> I am a slave to overly dedicated. John <laughs> no, Jones over um, here. <laughs> yeah, like he's he did that he did the whole spiel three years ago. He's doing it now, like. It's a bigger like most it just doesn't work. Really. Most photographs I saw had a big George Clinton quote in. The yeah, look yeah. both ways before you cross my mind. Which is um, that there for the whole set? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing yeah. else. Oh. Just that George Clinton quote. Dot JPEG. <laughs> yeah, so so that was my longitude experience. Well, um, I mean, like, shall go again. D- um, Dave gives your review. <laughs> well, my review is more a case of like you know I'm seeing a lot of social media chatter. <laughs> really, what's that? And this there, will be the longest review, by the way. <laughs> and therefore. Um, I mean, I've heard some stories that I shouldn't really tell on the air, and I won't. Um, <laughs> but it sounded pretty fucking rough. Ah, uh, I mean, look, I and think very, very. We're going to talk about the crowd. Yeah, you see, here's the thing. For one, it's also kind of like being played out through the lens of like broadsheet media. So you get people like our friend Miss Kelly. We'll get to her. But <laughs> we'll get to her. We'll get to her. The crowd, I mean, look, it was pretty standard for these festivals. I said it when we were talking about Forbidden Fruit. When you don't have camping, when you have pretty easy sort of public transport and anyone can buy a one-day ticket to just kind of like have a day out for the Saturday, you're going to get a lower level of, shall we say, commitment to the acts playing Mm. and probably a slightly higher level of, shall we say, commitment to the enjoyment of the day. Um, merriment, yeah, Vibing. a lot of merriment. Hashtagging. The diplomacy over here is is astounding. I, I don't want to get sued. Well, this nobody does, and that's <laughs> all I'll say is you know, like part of the reason why I'm, I'm giving festivals a wide berth for a while is that I just got sick of the whole atmosphere and I got sick of the fucking people. And from what I've heard, uh, I was vindicated on that score tenfold uh, based on some of the antics I heard about Longitude. Craig, how was your Sunday? It was mellow, it was great, because I had those kind of concerns going into it, but I kind of assumed, and correctly so, that because of the lineup, because it was the Sunday, it was going to be a slightly different crowd, it wasn't going to be that level of revelry mm. and mischief-making. Yeah, mu- <laughs> much older crowd on Sunday. Yeah. Tomfoolery. Yeah, it was, like, it was like being at the picnic kind of thing. It was just a gorgeous day. Um, nothing really majorly outstanding. There were some great performances, but for me, it was just the overall kind of experience was a very good one. That's, that's, the, that's, that's the thing Mystery. about Longitude. He was terrific, yeah. He was very good. That's the thing about Longitude. It kind of takes from different sources, if you know what I mean. It's a kind of a melting pot of festivals. It in is. That, I'm not like, sure if that it, works. It, took part of its lineup from, it takes part of its lineup and the branding from Latitude, and then it takes kind of part of it from Lovebox and Wireless and that yeah. kind of crowd. So you get just a completely radically different crowds for the first two days from the Sunday, and it's yeah. it's just... A sh- yeah. like, mean, there's no curation to it. It's just take it, picking up scraps from the UK festivals that go on at the same time. We've talked about Forbidden Fruit maybe having that same problem or just like an identity crisis where you're never quite sure what year, who you're going to get or what kind of crowd there's going to be there. I know Forbidden Fruit's gone, g- kind of gone more dancey, but it seems like festivals in Dublin, it is that thing of just like whoever's around will just stick them on the bill and... See what happens. Maybe Metropolis uh, actually in the winter was a bit different. It seemed to have a set identity, and you knew what the crowd was going to be like. Um, but yeah, as you say, Longitude is kind of a mixed bag. Well, um, I've got to go. Maybe someday, maybe, maybe, maybe some year I will. Uh, somebody who I know will not go is the aforementioned Miss Kelly, as her name was uh, mentioned in this Irish Times article, in which residents up in the nearby Marley Park estate were not happy about the noise in the across the weekend. 
Basically, it's a bunch of rich people giving out about things. And this For quote sure. here, which I quite love. Miss Kelly lives about 500 metres from the park and noise from the concerts was intolerable, she said. It was, quote, three days of complete hell. Even with the doors and windows closed and classical music playing, the noise from the concert was all you could hear. So let's all spare a thought for the erudite indoors classical music fans and their delicate sensibilities until next year. I mean, that's the most inflammatory quote, but, you know, there were people like, who didn't mind. Uh, Marley Park's been hosting gigs for as long as I've been in Ireland. So The other yeah. thing as well, it's done at a quarter to 11. Yeah, you know? yeah. there is a curfew yeah, yeah. and it mm-hmm. is respected. Mm-hmm. If we were kicking on until 1am, there'd be some grounds, I think. The curfew is a pretty good kind of um, compromise. And uh, yeah, leave well alone. Well, I'm sure a lot of people are also just enjoying a free gig as well. Like yeah, I've done course, that in yeah. the past. I go to the GA club and listen to the White, white Stripes of the Scissor Sisters like 12 years ago. <laughs> you thief. <laughs> well, we're not going we'll to... You wouldn't steal a car. <laughs> we're not going to keep it. We're not, yeah. not going to keep going until 1am here either. We're going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, of course, uh, No Encore is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. There's an awful lot of goodies on there for you to check out. Some great shows and more to come, actually. That's all I'll say for now on that one. Uh, as a matter of fact... If you want to play bingo of sorts while you listen to this episode and indeed future episodes of No Encore, uh, Andrea Cleary, who writes for the site and is a big fan of the podcast, has uh, taken it upon herself to come up with a a, a bingo sheet. Is that what it's called? The, the, the call sheet? card, thing? I think. A card, yes. In which basically you can mark this off as you listen to an episode of No Encore. You'll see what apparently she's gone through each episode and has come up with some repetitive things that we say. I was about to say, just don't be tempted to turn it into a drinking game where yeah. you're going to end up shit. No, I wouldn't do that either. No. But um, yes, you can avail of that if you go to the Headstuff <laughs> website and check this latest episode out. We will include that for your viewing pleasure in the post of this episode. I didn't think it was entirely accurate. Well, you know, <laughs> we all, we, well, you know, all will be revealed, and Craig has already taken uh, quite a lot of titles, so it's fine. <laughs> but yes, uh, that does it for this week. And to play us out, we have an exciting new band from Galway. They're called Drown. The track is called Descent. They are, as I say, based in Galway. A post-punk outfit brought together over a love of the sounds of Sonic Youth, Joy Division and Dive, and the general darker side of life. They formed late last year in the wake of several of the members' uh, previous projects, kind of one of those you know, Phoenix from the Flames jobs. And they're gigging at the moment with an EP to come next month. This is Drown uh, with Descent. It's a pretty good tune, and it sounds like this. My name is Dave Hannity. Uh, this has been No Encore. There will be No Encore. Gentlemen, thank you so, so much. No problem. Thank you, man. And uh, enjoy the song. See you.
This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. And the truth is you could slip my throat with my one last gasping breath. I apologize. Bleed it on your shirt. At Zenny, we believe everyone deserves access to high-quality, affordable eyewear. That's why we offer stylish prescription glasses for men, women, and kids starting at just $6.95. Our online factory direct model cuts out the metal men, so you save. At Zenny, you get the same quality frame and lens options that you'd get from an optician for one-tenth of the price, including blue blockers, progressives, prescription sunglasses, and more. The best part? Try on any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Zenni.com. Eyewear for everyone. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.